I'm live back again from my backyard with a really special guest today, Mr. Liam Flockhart Ford. Liam, say hello to the, as we call them, Maddies out there. <laughs> hello, Maddies. Um, Liam, as some of you, most of you know, maybe a couple of you don't, has been a lifelong friend since the very beginning of kindergarten and beyond. And I'm so glad he's on the pod today. We're going to talk about, honestly, Liam is one of those guys that can just sort of talk about any, a variety range of topics. So we're just going to see where the conversation takes us, but, uh, some interesting things we've talked about and things we want to cover range from college as that's sort of been a continuous trend in the podcast um, and his love of nature, outdoors, humanitarian, um, environmental, things of that nature. And finally, we're going to talk about his crazy sports fandom and how it came to be. Are you excited, Liam? Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. So explain to me where where were you during the quarantine period mostly? So I was in LA until school ended. And then mm -hmm. we were we were here at home for a few weeks. Um, and then with all the craziness that was, you know, going on, we decided, you know what, better to go up to Jackson, Wyoming. Uh, we have a place there. So we were there for about two, two and a half months. Um, again, like, of course, mm -hmm. the COVID is there. Yup. Um, but it's not, it's not, everything's out. I feel like everything in the summertime's outdoors there. Everything's outside anyway. Yeah. Um, it's such a small population compared to here. So it makes sense. It makes sense to, you know, totally. escape the craziness that is <laughs> that Southern California. Oh. And also what is the global pandemic? It's the reach of it is just something it's out of a movie. Um, so what would your summer have looked like if the pandemic didn't happen? Um, I mean, I was still kind of figuring things out, but okay. I'd, I'd applied for an internship. Um, I guess I call it an internship, but it's more of like a, like an educational opportunity sort of thing. Wait, um, was it with Conservation International? It, it actually wasn't through Conservation International. Okay. Um, but they recommended me like a few programs. Nice. Um, so there was one in Australia. There was oh one in God, Thailand. Um, and there was one in Honduras, I believe. Um, okay. So, of course, I would have wished to go to any of those. Of course. Um, and I wanted to do some, um, you know, I'm big, like, environmental mm -hmm. person. So. Which we're going to get into deeply because what he has to say about it is so interesting and also very topical to what's going on right now. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to do some, like, humanitarian work as well. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, what I love is, you know, going out, um, whether it's, like, out into the field, like, on land. I Personally, I prefer being underwater. Um, okay. And doing like that's work, cool. Like, I never knew like that. Scuba diving underwater and that's awesome. Yeah. So explain because I think you you're both a great you capture things well. You're a really good storyteller, but also Liam is a he is you're a, a biology major, environmental environmental science. science major. So taking biology, but his real gift and I'm I'm only this is only my opinion, so it could be very wrong. Is your not only your storytelling, but your uh, writing and your passion for, I think you have a passion for reading books, literature. Um, so it's a little short detour into explain sort of what ja what what's important to Jackson, why it's sort of your second home and how, what space you guys have. Because I, I know you have the river, you have the trucks, like explain why it's so fun to be up there. So I'm going to start 
years, you know, before I was I even love it. born. That's amazing. Um, so my dad works for this conservation organization. Mm -hmm. um, so the conservation sort of, you know, I've always been exposed to that sort of conservation, environmental, um, you know, that sort of work, um, like dinner table conversation. Like I'd, I'd be exposed to that. Mm -hmm. um, and growing up in LA, which is so incredibly, you know, urban, so many people, just the density and just like it's just so different being in Jackson. Uh -huh. Yes, it's an escape, but you just feel so much better. The air is cleaner. The 100%. people are less pretentious. And, you know, there's just open space and there's forests and rivers and lakes. And it just feels so much better. You feel like freer and more at peace there. I know I asked you this yesterday. And I said to you, I was like, would you ever consider, were you happy you grew up in LA versus Jackson and sort of why that why you were happier I, I think that was your answer from yesterday that you were saying you were happier living growing up in LA and having Jackson as the escape if it were the opposite do you think you would be a different person than you are today just by virtue of the environment you grew up in I think I think absolutely um being able to go to Jackson you know occasionally um just makes you like appreciate what's mm -hmm. there that much more and I think if I lived there I mean I would you know I'd be able to take advantage of it every day um, but you have a special, different totally. sort of connection when totally. you go there, you know, when you don't live there and you see it in a, you know, mm -hmm. as like an escape and more of like a, a peaceful, And it's so nice place. because you have the summertime and the activities you can do in the summer to the winter are so different, which is so fun. Yeah. I mean, summer, you know, I'll, I'll do anything. Walk, hike, biking on the early too, but climbing... Yeah. Uh, tubing down the river, boating, like the tubing's uh, cool. And you have those I the art the art ATVs? The ATVs. ATVs. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I got burnt the kickback. That the exhaust pipe burned me, so I was always like, okay, I'm gonna ride on the back <laughs> with someone. So it was either you took me or that you know, nature I like nature. I wouldn't say nature is like my thing. I like to hike. I like I love the environment. So on the topic of the environment, explain the importance of the environment to you, your family, and the work you have done with Conservation International, which I want you to go into and explain sure. what that is and where your passion for um, the environment comes from. So, I mean, for, for, for me, it's everything. Um, without, you know, nature, we'd, mm -hmm. we'd be nothing. One of Conservation International's... Um, so what is that organization to its core? Like, basic premises and sort of how you got involved into it right so my dad is on the board of an organization called conservation mm -hmm. international um and it's i mean it's it is you know what it sounds it's yeah. an international nonprofit conservation organization um and they do humanitarian work um in the developing world um and then they have hundreds of conservation projects all over the world it's so awesome. um where have you done some you've done crazy projects so a few years ago i did a project in colombia and in costa rica oh my gosh and you guys know i'm a huge narcos fan so this boy is like <laughs> sends me a picture and i and i remember the picture to this day i have a screenshot of it somewhere and it's where you were in a plane helicopter i can't remember yeah, and Liam knows my passion for the drug cartels and Med <laughs> the Medellin cartel and Pablo Escobar. Medellin. So he's flying over Medellin and sends me a, a Snapchat. And I was like, 
I was like, go to Pablo Escobar's ranch. But his, the point of that trip was not a tourist one as more it was a work. Mm-hmm. So what was what did you do in Colombia? Okay. Um, so I, I'm a big diver. Um, so I love to scuba dive. That's so cool. Um, so I, I approached Conservation International. Um, must have been in the spring. And I said, hey, you know, is there anything I can do in the summer? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be paid. Like, I just want to, you know, get out and sure. do some, like, real world experience. Um, is there anything that's happening this summer um, that's, like, diving or by the beach or by the ocean or whatever? So cool. And I heard back and said, yeah, so there's two things. Um, and I said, great. I didn't, without even hearing them, mm-hmm. I said, awesome. I want to do both. Um, so the one in Colombia was about a week in Colombia. Okay. Um, in rural... And remind me, this was the summer going into senior year? This was the summer going into junior year. Okay, okay. Um, so it was about, th- wow, three summers ago. That's wild. So, okay, so a week in Columbia doing... So we did... Uh, the the Conservation International's head um, dive guy was creating this new PADI course. PADI is like a diving, you mm-hmm. know international group and it's where you get certified whatever so he was creating this new course called ghost net removal course um and a ghost net is an abandoned disregarded fishing net that's okay. just left and and that's a big water. part of the economy fishing um it is okay. especially on the coast especially the, on the, the coast. pacific coast got it um so we went to a tiny little town called new key um it was right on the pacific coast it was one singular dirt road mm-hmm. um with super pretty pink and yellow and blue houses along it oh um, i can imagine this in my it head was so so pretty and, and were the people just pa- wonderful like palm trees and super dense forest it was humid and, and it was hot but the people were so friendly yeah um so we did this ghost net removal um okay i don't really want to call it an, an expedition but it was like a project sure um so we dove um five six seven eight times um to remove these abandoned fishing nets from the reef um so they're detrimental well one because they can ensnare a whole bunch of wildlife um we actually saw a whale without a tail oh my gosh because due to the it was caught in the net and they had to amputate the tail it was so bad um so yeah so they have you know animals get caught in it and then also when the fishermen are fishing you know they, especially in, in this area, they, you know, these people fish for, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like that's mm-hmm. their food. That's like the main source of food. Um, cause they can only afford to go to the market a few days sure. a week, whatever. So, um, when their line, you know, will get caught on a fishing net, um, and then their line will break or they'll lose the fish. And so you are both, it's a, it's a crazy cool project because you're both, um, Supporting the environment, obviously, which is the main goal. But then you're helping out the local community and the locals who otherwise this is their livelihood and source of food. So everything is so related, which I think is so is, exactly. is awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, so w- when you remove the nets, um, there was one net we removed. It took us two days. Um, it was like 600 pounds. Wow. And it's just blanketing the entire reef. Oh I mean, there's gosh. no reef left. It's just rocks. Because no of fish the nets. Because of the net that's Got there, it. yeah. So, I mean, the first problem is getting them out. Yeah. Um, which, you know, takes a, a whole team um, of divers. So you yeah. have your knives and your scissors and your um, And their head, I mean, it's plastic, equipment. right? It's, yeah, so it can be rope um, okay. or it can be nylon. Got it. Um, so when you, when you remove it, um, 
you know, you're like, oh, remove it. It's it's great. It's done. But the perhaps the I don't want to say a bigger question, but a really key factor is like, what do you do with them after you take them out? Right. Like, are they just going to sit there? Because like, that's detrimental to the environment. Yeah, like as they well. can't just sit out sure. there. Sure. Um, so we there's this local. We met two. We interviewed the the team we were with. There was like a camera crew, so they okay. filmed this whole thing. Oh, that's awesome! Mm-hmm. To raise awareness yep, for the organization, a, to make a promotional video. Cool. Yep. And as it was like the first like. Are you in it? I I am in it, and I actually narrated it. Oh my gosh! No way! It's <laughs> yeah. it's the start of your your quote extra. I'm air quotes extra <laughs> acting career. Shout out Eli for the joke. <laughs> uh yeah so send me the video i'll play it as the like ending of the pod oh it's so embarrassing um (laughs) but no it's super cool um so yeah so these these local people one of them his name was i believe his name was miguel okay um and he is like a he's like an amateur like turtle expert um so he put these these abandoned nets that we had taken out Mm -hmm. um and he'd been doing this for for years and he would put them on the beach okay. on top of turtle turtle nests. Um, so when the turtles come and lay their eggs, um, as soon as they start hatching, the dogs come and the vultures come sure. and the seabirds come. And everyone, everything comes and tries to eat the baby turtles. Um, so all these turtles are endangered. Um, and this, you know, the dogs and the vultures and whatever coming doesn't, doesn't help. Sure. So he would put a net over the nest so nothing could get in and disturb the nest. Oh, that's a great use of the resources. Exactly. And yeah. it gave, you know, him the opportunity to not only like mm-hmm. monitor the nest, um, but he could also like help. I mean, him single-handedly sure. probably saved thousands of turtles. That's Maybe wild. they would have died anyway, but at yeah. least they gave, he gave them a chance. So you have done projects like these you've you are in jackson enjoying nature that's it's a big part of who you are um and i think so when we've been ever since we've been really little i think one of the we always used to play ratty rat rat which oh wow not even to go into details because i don't really even remember the details but it was basically liam starred as a rat and because there was a little like doll when we were in kindergarten with a you could put these like hand doll puppets they were like puppets you mm-hmm. could put on your hand and we would we just created these worlds for ourselves and we play legos and playmobile and things of that nature it was very creative but a lot centered around animals specifically we went years ago we went to a the animal planet premiere i can't even remember i just remember getting a little stuffed polar bear that i still have somewhere and mm-hmm. it reminds me of liam and my whole point being, you are a pescatarian. 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 So you eat fish, but your part of your identity, which I think is funny, is you don't eat meat. And I've always wondered why you are surrounded by carnivores. Me, Gavin, mm-hmm. your father, mm-hmm. Eli, mm-hmm. Teddy, like yep. all of our friends, big meat eaters. So why, what led you to that? Was it an environmental choice, a humanitarian choice, or was it just you were little and didn't like the taste of meat? So I, I don't remember this happening, (laughs) but I've heard the story several times. So I, you know, I was probably four years old or something. Mm -hmm. No, I'm four. I don't really know. Sure. I have chicken nuggets or, you know, chicken nuggets from ready chick are the best or or like whatever. (laughs) I don't, well, I guess I've never, 
never had chicken nuggets from Ready Chick before. But the fried shrimp is great that you get there. So good. And the fries. <laughs> the fries. Well, the fries are the best part. You're not missing out on anything. <laughs> okay. So, so anyway, I was three or four years old. I was probably four. Okay. Um, and it was one day at dinner, and I'm chowing down my chicken nuggets. And then mm-hmm. the, the story goes that I stopped eating them and asked my parents, is this bok bok chicken? And they and they told me, uh, yes, and that was it, and I have never had meat since. That's wild. So I was young, and I I guess I somehow registered that the chicken was like from an animal. Um, okay. And that was it. And it took me ten, eight or ten years to uh, stop being a vegetarian. So I was a vegetarian. Yeah. For for such a long time. Which would you could your diet consisted of. Um, mac and cheese, pasta, and the rare mashed potatoes, and the occasional vegetable. No, it's true. It was all carbs, <laughs> and then like corn, broccoli, and carrots. I like I would eat horribly. So when did you decide fish could come as a factor? I again, I don't, I don't necessarily remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it started with sushi. Yeah, sushi slaps, and then especially the sushi here. That's why you could never live in Jackson. Yep. fucking sushi here. It's the different. The sushi here is so good. It's so good. We're getting sugar fish for dinner. I know. Tell the listeners, I'm so sorry. I just made you guys drool, but that's what's on the agenda. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I. It, it just kind of happened. And then, you know, you get older, you have, you know, and then I went to cooked fish, and then I went to shellfish, and now. Now I can survive, like, totally normally. Totally. And yeah. I think that's great. You need, I mean, especially since once we got older, you were into athletics more, and you you can't survive just off of carbs. Especially, like, y- there's going to come a time where your metabolism, I'm knocking on wood for you, but your metabolism <laughs> is going to slow down and <laughs> things are going to catch up to you, and you need you need fish or something healthy to keep you in line. No, it's true. I ate like crap. <laughs> I, I lived off carbs and like sugar and it was so bad. But it was awesome, right? Oh, it was great. Of course. I love that. Um, but of course now, you know, those in the past. So at this point, we're going to take a quick break. Going to come back, talk about Liam, his um, role, his rise to leadership at Brentwood, which is interesting you most of you don't know this but he's a big he was a really big introvert and i think that's an important cool story of his to share as well as i want to go into your transition into college and going to school in the northeast which is different than time you've spent in wyoming and obviously time in la absolutely and just sort of the difference between that sound good sounds great cool Back from the break, I'd like to thank my sponsors, as I say every podcast, Pinkberry and White Claw, <laughs> pointing to the sky and saying, one day you will sponsor me. Uh, but more importantly, I'm back with the Liam Henry Lockhart Ford. There's no hyphen. If you think no there's hyphen. a hyphen, you are mistaken. So <laughs> I have known Liam now, what is it? So 14? 14. Going on 15, going on 15 years. That's like the majority of my life. I was five years old when I met you. And one of the greatest things about you, and it's, I think a podcast is hard. It's both easy and hard to capture just how deep you are, how much you care for the world. And more importantly, how your extroversion now and your ability to speak to me so clearly and thoughtfully 
which has never been your problem, but the actual idea of you speaking like this and just having a conversation is sort of not a new one because we've been friends forever, but you are an introvert through and through um, until you get to know one another. And I think that change and the definition of an introvert changes depending on who the person is. But what's such a cool thing about being at school with you for so many years is I jumped to the gun of being loud, being upfront, being a leader in that sense, but your type of leadership and style of leading was a lot different. Um, And I wanted to ask you sort of, it was, I was surprised when we were going to our junior year, you decided you were like, I want to run for prefect. And obviously I was excited. I, and then of course he won (laughs) and we spent the entire year doing everything together and it was awesome. It was a great year, but I wanted to sort of pick your brain on how after years of sort of being a leader in a different way, why you were finally like, I actually want to give a speech and put myself out there even more. What led you to that? Right. So, I mean, people first, you know, meet me, you know, ever since I was a kid, mm-hmm. shy, timid, always. I was yes. always super shy. Um, and in class, like I never really raised my hand. I never really participated. But he's the type of kid in class, just as a caveat, that when he speaks, everybody listens. No one's right. on their phone because he's so smart and you're just very respected in your opinions because the infrequency of when you speak, exactly. it's important. Yeah, exactly. And that's a great quality. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I've, so I think people, I don't want to say surprised, but they were a little surprised. You could I say, was surprised and like, I've been your friend when for I, 20 when years. When I, you know, was wanted to run for prefect. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually I had always wanted to run for prefect. That's as awesome. long as I can remember. Um, and like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm introverted, but I'm, I've never been afraid of public speaking. I've never been afraid of like speaking in front of people. Um, so in that sense, I was never like scared per se to be, you know, sure. to run for prefects. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I, I had always wanted to run and I, I mean, I was in, probably eight, nine, ten, like mm-hmm. in elementary school. Um, so I was not really shown like the whole, like everything that a prefect does. Yes. And then in high school, when we, we got to vote for the prefects, I found myself paying like particular attention to the more introverted people who were running. Yeah. And not only as someone to relate to, but also as like people to learn from. That's um, such an interesting perspective and one that I wouldn't have as someone mm-hmm. that it, we're just different thinkers in way that right. we approach the world. Yeah. So not that, you know, extroverts or introverts one or the other is like more qualified that's that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying like for me in particular i paid more attention to the more introverted candidates um and i you know if you're soft-spoken and you're quiet like that doesn't mean you're not a bad leader yes so they were a sort of i guess you could say a sort of inspiration for me um to be like hey i'm an introvert everyone knows it doesn't matter i'm still gonna run for prefect that's awesome um and at least for me i'm the type of person who will more of like a lead by example okay sort of at least that's how i see myself more leading by example rather than stepping up in front of the crowd and like directing people here or there but i think the skills you acquired being a prefect being a peer leader now at least just from watching you uh allow you if and if you have to step up and be that more vocal leader in a group um, because you have good ideas and you have the skills and ability to. Absolutely. I, I think 
I think being a peer leader helped me with that as much as being a prefect. Mm-hmm. Um, with being a prefect, I mean, there's there's five. There's five of us. So yeah. we can always... It's a team. There's a team. Exactly. Being a peer leader, I mean, yeah, you're a team with two. With two. Um, but you're so much more, like, in close contact with sure. with your with the peer leaders that you, you know, you have to take on that, that yes. leadership role. Um, and again, it doesn't, it, it never really scared me. It was just something that I w- had never really done before. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, it was really, it was really interesting to, you know, be that different sort of person that I never really had the opportunity to be. Sure. And like in the past was scared of being. Which I think is actually, and as you're saying that, a perfect transition into the idea you're applying for college, mm-hmm. it's fall of senior year, and you're looking at the, there's amazing colleges throughout the country, East Coast, Midwest, West Coast, yep. uh, size, medium, large, small. How did you get to the point where you're like, third, okay, so Liam and I went to Brentwood, Brentwood School for 13 years, so we never changed, we obviously changed from elementary to middle school to high school, but the core group, the core five of us, we all went to elementary school together since we were in kindergarten, minus Teddy coming in sixth grade. But that meaning we'd known each other for a really long time. Transitions to things included one another. Exactly. So you are making this transition now into college. How did you decide, okay, I want to go to a small school and I want to go to the East Coast. And you ultimately decided on Amherst. But how did you think of why not a big party sports school? Because you're a big sports fan. How did you sort of... Uh, hone in and and choose a school that's completely different than mm-hmm. I guess not completely different from Brentwood, but in the sense of location and right. How did you get there? Right. So I I had all, I knew that I you know was wanting to go to a small school, um, and just and that makes sense based upon thing your learning style and also yep. who you are. Yep. Yeah. So I wanted a small school. Mm-hmm. Um, Amherst is is really small. Yes. Um, it's eighteen hundred, which is tiny. Um, so I, I wanted a small school, um, and actually Amherst was, you know, sort of on the back burner. Like I, I wasn't really thinking about sure. it. It was more of like a, oh, we're in Massachusetts. Like we, we might, might as, as well, well go. go. That was like Skidmore it. for me too. We were in upstate New York and we might as well yep, go see it. Might as well go see yes. it. It was like, we're, we're there. Let's just go. It Why can't not? hurt. And I went to campus and I was like, oh my God, this is so pretty. I could mm-hmm. totally see myself, you know, being here. And they talked about the no, uh, there's no like core curriculum or core classes that you have to take. So I wish I had that. So yeah, that's that, awesome. You can take, you know, you're not beholden to any requirements. You can take whatever classes you that. want. Um, you know, just to take what interests you and, you know, see what interests you. Yeah. So you have that freedom of, um, you know, I, I took a geology class my first semester because it sounded cool. Rocks for jocks. And I was like, it was a, that's next semester, actually. <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, so my first semester, I saw this oceanography class. And I was okay. like, oh my God, that's perfect. Like, I want to take it. Oh my I love gosh. it. And then I didn't realize that it was like a an ocean, like, geology class. And I was like, oh, well, this is super cool. This, this is, is interesting. Cool. And ties into a lot of the work you've done with Conservation International. Exactly. And just because I had the opportunity to take it, now, you know, I've been enrolled in a geology course every semester so far I and I want that. to continue it just because it you know it was cool it and was, it was interesting and I loved it and that's what college is uh-huh. it's intellectuals getting together and figuring out what they're interested in yep. and also trying new classes and things that they never absolutely. would have thought before absolutely um 
I know we've talked about this extensively to the sense of, for me, it was such a culture shock leaving California and going to the East Coast and meeting so many different types of kids, from kids from Massachusetts, kids from New York City, kids from all over the country, and just sort of the difference between here and the bubble we live in mm-hmm. versus the rest of the country. Yeah. And I and I think you said earlier in the interview that people from here are pretentious just by virtue of we are in a bubble. West Los Angeles is a bubble, and I think you find the greatness – We've we've found we've been fortunate to find the greatness in friends and mm-hmm. things of that nature. But when you go to school, did you feel that there was sort of a stigma around you because you're from the uh, West Coast, or yeah, did you feel judged in any sense? Well, it's it's sort of hard to describe. But uh-huh. being going to the East Coast after living on the West Coast your whole life, it's there's like a different sort of vibe. A hundred percent. And you can like feel that you know. Like, it in a, in a weird way, like you can tell who's from the West Coast and who's from the you East totally Coast. You totally can. Like just by their just by their vibe. Like I mean, yes. I, I feel like I'm stereotyping here and, and generalizing. And on our show, there has been no comments yet by the press about my <laughs> stereotyping, but it is okay to generalize just based on your experience. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with yeah. that. Yeah. So based on my experience, you know, the West Coast people are a lot more chill, sure. laid back. I do me, you do you. Whereas the East Coast kids are more um, traditional, more quote unquote put together. Interesting. Um, and not to say that one is better or worse than the other. It's just, it's just different. And totally. My so all freshmen have to take like this reading writing seminar. Uh huh. Um, and the first, um, the first day, um, we all went to class. We all, you know, sat down wherever we could, whatever. Sure. It, it was like 20, 20 person class. So it was small. Um, and our our professor said one of the first things. So, so she introduced herself. Hi, my name is Rachel. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she said, "So I can tell which of you all are from the West Coast." No way. I swear. And I was like, "Oh come on, no way." Um, and I didn't really know everyone in my class sure. very well, so I didn't really know. Um, and she said, you know, we went around and introduced ourselves before. Mm-hmm. And so she said, uh, Liam, I think you're from the, the West Coast. And I said, I am. No. And I was no. the only person in the room from the West Coast. Um, and I was like, what? How? Like, how, do how you did know? she know that? Um, and thinking back, honestly, I think it was as simple as the way I sat in my chair in class. Really? Like, I really think, I don't know, but I really think it was that simple. Huh. You know, lean, I was, from what I remember, I often do this, I lean back in my chair. Yeah. Um, I stick my feet out on the ground in front, across okay. my legs. And I, I lean back. Um, so I'm not sitting up, usually, over my desk. I'm more behind my, I mean, it's just comfortable for me. Yeah, sure. Um, but I think it was that simple, like seeing my, you know, relaxed position. That's so, that's so like, interesting. I, I think that's the reason. And like. Or she has a roster and or, she knows where everybody's or, from. Or she had a roster and she knew who everyone was, where everyone was from. <laughs> that totally could have been it too. I have no idea. I like idea. your hypothesis but though. That's my hypothesis. Um, but at least being on the, like going to the East Coast. Uh-huh. Within the first like conversation you have with someone someone new i 
I feel like I can tell if you're from the East Coast or from the West I Coast. I can too, I feel like. And it is so interesting. Um, but and you're happy that you changed, like, are you happy that you left your surroundings in LA to expand somewhere on the East Coast? Or even if you, are you happy that you left LA? I, I am happy that I left LA. Or California in general. Um, I, I'm happy that I left LA. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I, I, I ended up where I ended up. And, it, and, and you were meant to be. Exactly. Meant to be. Exactly. Um, I know. So your parents are entertainment industry. That mm -hmm. comes with stigma. Mm -hmm. Just as yep. who you are and meeting new people. So was that hard? I, well, and that's the other point that I really want to make is that Brentwood is such a bubble. Yep. There are kids whose parents are famous. There are kids whose parents are literally in the president's cabinet. Yeah. The, the idea of fame and the idea that your parents are known wide is was not a new concept at Brownwood. Mm -hmm. And I think people, I mean, we've, we were talking about before we, I've known you for so long. Yeah. And like, I was net, it was, that was never, I was never becoming friends with someone just because of what they could do for me. That's right. not one. That's not friendship Two, That's not who we are as friends. And that's also Brentwood in its weird way. Yes. It's pretentious, but it did sort of, it was accepting of that because there were just a lot of kids connected, but mm -hmm. the trans and I found that for myself too, that my dad working at Warner brothers and going to the East coast is like, so who do you know? That's famous. What does your yep. dad do? Yep. Blah, 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 blah. What? And for you, it's even more heightened. Did you feel people? What was your take on just going to a new place, going to a new school, not having sort of not protection per se, uh -huh. but, the recognition that people know who you, that right. I know who you are, yeah. you know, and I know you, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, being from West LA, this whole thing is more normalized yes. um, just because you're more exposed to and it. And you have, and I feel like, I don't know about you, but I feel like I, I really have to explain that to people I'm yeah. friends oh, with. Oh, oh no, I a hundred percent agree. Um, I mean, Amherst, you know, it's a small Northeast liberal arts school. Yes. So that sort of thing is not totally, you know, it's not unheard of, but, Yeah. you know, it's, Northeast, it's, you know, it's a tiny school. It's probably rare. Um, but yeah, so it, the, the weirdest thing for me is that people seem to know and recognize me before, before I know or That's recognize so them. And it's, it's just a weird sort of thing. Like, you know, I was in a class and I heard people whispering, Oh my God, did you see Harrison Ford? Oh my God. Did you know his son was oh. like, goes here? And I'm just sitting there and I'm just sitting there, you know. <laughs> my dad, sorry, my dad <laughs> always likes to take pictures of the interviews. Okay, so you're sitting there. Yeah, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, oh, Well, Lord. you go, I'm not going to be friends with those girls. I'm like, oh, Lord, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, keeping my mouth shut. You yeah. know, if they find out who I am, they find out who I am. They probably will anyway. Um, Big whoop. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> seriously. And, you know, some people might not like this, but for me at least, if someone comes up to me, and, you know, I can tell that they only are talking to me or, like, want to be friends with me because Ew. of who my family are. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want to be friends with you. Sure. That's not the point. And did you f get that a lot, like, freshman orientation? Or were people good about, I want to be friends with this kid because he looks like a nice guy and I have uh, oceanography with mm -hmm. him? So when I was younger, people would just come up and, you know, want to be want to be friends. Sure. But I think sure. being in college, people are more mature. They're more respectful. So I'm I'm really pleasantly surprised by that. Because yeah. I feel like a kid from Northeast, whatever, 
would be like, oh my God, I've never seen the celebrity, this or that or the other. That's really awesome. Yeah, so they were, they were, very few people actually came up Good. and asked me, Good. like got up all in my face. Because I hate that. I, it's just, Ew, it's just it's rude. It's just gross and weird. It's rude and it's disrespectful. Weird. It is. No, it is. Um, and, you know, my friends, they found out in good time, or yeah. they knew before, and it didn't sure. affect the way they thought of me, which is all you can ask for. You also are one of those pe- You are not... You could be such a douchebag. You really <laughs> could be, and you're not. And yeah, like, I, I hope like, I'm not. Cl- case closed. I mean, Eli will be listening to this and beg to differ. He'll well, be don't, like, that's my old boy! Don't listen to Eli. He's full of shit. <laughs> um... So that's really that's really awesome. Yeah. And the transition then became less about were you nervous going in thinking about that or was that not even on the forefront of your mind? Well, I I I was nervous about my dad coming to help me move me in. Okay, that makes sense. Um he came anyway. I said, "You know what? It doesn't matter. He's your dad. He's he's my dad. He should come to drop me off yes. to college." Um so we decided that we'd go and you know, we'd make it quick. Yep. Um, and he wouldn't stay very long or he'd go back to wait in the car or whatever. Sure. Um, and a few people approached him. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm used to it. Like I expect it. Um, you know, it's fine. It's, it's a nuisance at most. Sure. Um, and then within a week, everyone, you know, was like, oh, Harrison Ford's kid goes here. And you know, they're like, oh, oh, that's, oh, look, that's him. Or, oh, wait, are you this, you know, are you Harrison's? Son. Son, I was like, yeah, like <laughs> you're like big one, like big, like big deal. Like if it's yeah. a big deal to you, I don't, I don't want to be friends with you, because you're, I, I feel like you're gonna use me and you're gonna take advantage of me, yes. and I don't want that. No. Um, but no, I mean now, like everyone's like, oh yeah, Liam, which, which <laughs> is so great because it allows you to then figure out who you are in the context of mm-hmm. a new invite, even a new environment where your parents aren't around, yep. you know, and aren't yep. coming to campus. And Brownwood makes it easy and normalizes it, but you're now at a place where you're on your own and you get to be, you get to define who you are even more. Mm-hmm. So tying this back to our introversion, extroversion conversation. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, so I don't know. I, maybe, I don't know. I thought I was acting like my normal self. Uh-huh. Um, but at the beginning of school, so many people thought I was an extrovert. That's awesome. And I was like, huh. But I think that that those skills are learned over time. And you were you were in the spotlight your senior year uh-huh, a lot. Uh-huh. And you had to be making public pre- – you were making lessons plans for the ninth graders. Oh, yeah. So, wait. So, explain that even more when you first got there and you were considered an extrovert. Explain that. Yeah. So, first of all, I was like, you're kidding. Like, that's ha-ha, uh, very funny. I know, because if I visited, I would have been like – He's, what do you mean? And he's been an introvert since he's no, five. Of course. And I guess the reason people thought, I guess I, I'm, I'm speculating again, I'm guessing, but I guess the reason people thought I was an extrovert was I, at least now and uh-huh. more recently, like I'm not afraid of meeting new people. Yeah. And like, I feel like I'm easy to talk to and I'm pretty, you know, you're, conversable. You honestly are the easiest, you are the and easiest person to talk to. So I guess, so I guess, I guess in that sense, like, I like it's it was e- weirdly it's like easy for me to just like pick up a conversation with someone at like a party and I sure. meet him for the first time and you know we just start talking and I won't see him for a few days or whatever. But anyway, the point is like, I I was never like uncomfortable 
mm-hmm. like putting myself out there to meet new people, which is so bizarre because that is so like that's so new to me, and, and it's kind of cool. It's just so it's so crazy watching because we grew up together, uh-huh. like, and that will never be taken away from all of us. But like you saying that is, I start laughing and smiling. No, of course, no, absolutely. It just like wasn't who you were. No, I 100% agree. Um, anyway, that was a weird, weird thing for someone for, to say to me. I was like, oh wow, huh? You were like, huh? I guess sure, I guess you're okay, the awesome. maybe maybe by the end of Amherst you'll be wearing you'll become like frat star and I don't know like you'll be so the opposite end of who you yeah, are. Yeah, I think I think that was another another thing. Like I was always wanting to go out. And I was like, I I was the one getting people to go to the parties. Yeah, that's that's And amazing. I was like, come on. Like me doing <laughs> this? Is this my responsibility now? So it's a it was a full it was 180, a full 180 for me, yeah. And it was cool. It was just and a not different that you dynamic. I didn't go out in high school, but it was it was more like I, I know what you're saying. Like yep. you were the one cajoling and getting everyone. I was like, oh come on! I was like, organizing. oh come on! We'll go for three hours. It'll oh, be fine. And so, wait, what sport you did? Club sports at school. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what what were you doing year round? Because you're a big athlete. Yeah. Like you wanted to stay involved in yeah. that. Yeah. So I'm. So right. So I'm on the ultimate frisbee team. Cool. Which is technically is year round, mm-hmm. um, but the main season is in the spring. So we had a Fun. few tournaments in the fall and the winter, but the main season's in the spring. Before Unfortunately, COVID. was canceled. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I played ultimate and then I was also on the water polo team, mm-hmm. um, which was super fun. We're really good for some reason. Loved. That's awesome. awesome. Um, and then I'm also on the ski team, um, all club. Um, but we go to, you know, race against other schools and we go to water polo tournaments yeah. and we go to like nas- oh, national, it's a, it's a real, so it's a big thing. Yeah. It's a big deal. But I, it is so nice. Not, I mean, I know you play like. You're on the varsity sports team yes. at school. Yep. So for me, it's just different. Because we have yeah. got, I practice two or three times a week. I, and, I want I want to play if, club if, sports. If I don't want to go, I'm like, uh, oh, I'll, go next, so I'll, go, I'll go next week. Like, oh, it's fine. But it was it a good way to tr- as a transition to just meet people? Oh, my God. Meeting people. Um, it just, like, I, I, you know, I don't really go to the gym that often. Like, I yeah. don't like doing that stuff. I like to mm-hmm. be outside. Like, yeah being active, like physically totally. doing stuff, cardio. Like I, that's what I like. Um, so in that sense, ultimate Frisbee and, and water polo were great. And I mean like the Frisbee guys, like they're, they're my best friends at school. Yeah. Um, which is, it's great. And I would never have met them if I, I, know, I don't think you would have awesome. liked just by my experience of being a varsity, like the five day a week commitment. I think mm-hmm. for you, it's less about, uh, the actual sport and what the sport is and more just, making friends playing something you love oh yeah and being competitive oh absolutely it's hard going to college after being a competitive athlete and or, mm-hmm. and itching for that competition yep and you know it's focusing it's, only in on your grades is not mm-hmm. you know it's it's low-key yeah it's casual like we have we go we pretty much go to practice to have fun i love and that. it's fun and of course you know there's drills. Yeah, and, you know, of we have conditioning and like we go to tournaments and everything. And, you know, people take things seriously, of course. Which but is which makes it fun which too. Which makes it fun because, yes. you know, you go to however many practices you know, like you can, you want, and yeah. it's 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 and it's y- fun. It's nice having the optional portion of it because if you're choosing to go, you wanna be there. Of course. Yeah, which is like exactly. sometimes at mandatory practice, I'm like, correct, like, like fuck, like I don't wanna be doing this right now. Yeah. I have a paper. Yeah. Like, I have something. Like, yeah. I want to be 
Or I want to go to the party. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. Like, your that optional is that's really nice. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I, I started to say, okay, I'm only going to try to miss one practice a week. Like, one practice a week missing, like, that's sure. my max. Um, and then there's some weeks where, you, like, I'm sorry. Like, slammed. I am sorry. I can't go. Like, 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 it doesn't matter. There's like, it doesn't, always like, the something people, at like, college. There's are fine. always, yeah. Like, like, you do, like, I'm on the team. I come into practice. Like, I go to what I have to go to, and it's fine. And, it, like, it, no one, no one really cares. Sure. Which is great, which is great for me. Which is great for you. Um, because I, I just wanted to, you know, be a, be on a sport that, you know, was, first of all, for me, fun. Two. Yeah. I got, you know, the people are great. And three, like, you know, it's in, it's in my own time. Um, I love that. Yeah, which for me was perfect. So the big question people are wondering, are you going to run for amp cl- pre- class president, Liam? Absolutely not. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> I, what, do you have any interest in any other? Like, you could do radio. I do radio. You could easily do radio. But you don't like music. We, that's the oh one. Oh, my God. Liam you is know, literally oh. awesome, great, pretty much 10 out of 10. But. but the fact that you don't like music, okay. and also, can I say, sorry before you can talk, can I say something? We've been to Coachella two, I, we have been together, and I haven't left your side at Coachella once, because, shout out Liam, he let me get all that footage, on, my, actually, my home screen is me on your shoulders at Coachella. Yeah, like, I let you boy, on my shoulders yeah, whenever he, you want Whenever I want and I was always like, and oh my god, it made Teddy and Gavin crazy, because they were pissed that I got the best of you. It was awesome. Yeah, I will say Coachella is like the most fun ever. It's the most fun ever. And I somehow it always comes up in every one of my... And the one with Claire, I'm talking oh, about Coachella, Lord. but in a different context. Uh-huh. But the point being, yeah. you were singing along to some of those songs. Okay, so the weird thing... So, I, I'm, I'm going to correct you here. Okay, yes, please do. Please I do. I don't dislike music okay that is a good correction i do not dislike it for just, all for all these listeners 10 to 10 for all these <laughs> listeners i do not dislike music however yes i don't listen to it i don't have spotify i don't have anything in apple music i, I have no music okay of like on anything on my phone so if you were going out for but you don't really go out for runs but like what if you were working out in the pool you wouldn't listen to music while you're working out if i'm in the pool i mean i've been you know working out in the pool a little yeah. bit yeah um over quarantine and usually i i mean i i i'm tr- i'm treading water so i don't use my hands sure so i'll you know i'll talk to my mom or my dad or i'll facetime like Smart. someone and it's fine I'm, I'm 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 trying not to use my hands yeah so i you know hold my phone above water and like that, that's off to the side. Uh, yeah and like that's not a problem for me yeah um but people ask me why don't you listen to music what i'm like well it's just not something that I do. Like everyone, everyone has their thing, but I'm glad. I'm the clarification <laughs> is so key because now when people ask me, so why doesn't Liam like music? I'm gonna say it's not that he doesn't like it. It's just he doesn't opt to listen to it. Exactly. But you know, if I'm in the car alone, I'll turn the radio on. Yeah, sure. And I think I can make you a fucking killer playlist. Yeah. Well, and the weird thing is, like, <laughs> I, like I'll, I'll like no songs yeah but like i just guess i listen to them like listen. with other people totally and i feel like if i hear it once then it's it's in my brain somewhere yeah um but yeah that's funny it's so awesome. i don't just like music y'all <laughs> so we're gonna take one more break um gonna come back and we're gonna talk about liam's sports fandom it's really interesting because of just sort of how he got to liking the team i mean 
big LA sports fan, but there are also a lot of other teams that you'd be surprised is why he likes them. <laughs> so we're going to take a break, come back, um, and do that portion of the interview. Stay tuned. Back from our extended break. You guys don't know it's extended, but this is a later moment in time. We had Sugarfish for dinner. Bougie, McBoozer, Bouge. How was it? How was the food? I mean, you can't go wrong. You can't it's go so wrong good. with Sugarfish. Oh. So I wanted to conclude the episode with a topic that I actually haven't gone into much just by based off some of my interviewers is professional sports, fandom, and specifically Liam's fandom. I mean, all of you know I'm a huge Yankee fan and sort of that backstory relationship with the Yankees and my dad and baseball with my dad and playing soccer. That sort of fandom is how that grew for me. But Liam, I wanted to ask, so give me, we're going to do college football team that you like, um, basketball team you support, football team you support, finally your baseball team, and sort of how you got to liking these specific teams. Sure. So I'll start with how I got into sports um, in the first place. I was probably in kindergarten or first grade. I was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was, sports were never really on my radar. I was always, you know, outside and athletic, but I never really, like, followed sports. Yeah. And then my grandma, <laughs> um, she is the biggest sports fan That's I know. So, and his grandma is, like, absolutely the cutest woman on the planet. Yeah. She's just so... Honestly, cute is the perfect word to describe it. <laughs> so she, it was March. She loves March Madness. Mm. Um, so she said, hey, Liam, come watch March Madness with me. And I was like, okay. And then from there, you know, it, it, it kept going. So she introduced me to basketball. She introduced me to football. I learned, she taught me how to play football. Yeah. Um, wow. She taught, you know, she introduced me to baseball. She, she was the like, the one and the only one person who, like, really got me invested in sports, which is super cool. That's so awesome. <laughs> like, that I got turned on to sports from my dad, but mm-hmm. you got turned on to sports from your grandma. Yep, my little, old, <laughs> super sweet grandma, you know, oh. the biggest sports fan ever. So, who does she root for? So, she's she's from all Honestly, over. Honestly, every um, state you could imagine. So, she, uh, they settled in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So, she's a die a pretty diehard Tennessee Volunteers fan. Love it. So I am also <laughs> a Vols Go Vols! Fan. Um, <laughs> she, so, you know, I mean, I follow the Vols football and basketball. Vols women's basketball mm-hmm. is one of the best programs in the country. It's awesome. Um, so... So then, okay, you get introduced, okay. you watch March Madden with, with your grandma, and then a love of L.A. sports is born out of that. And then from that, everything, you know, Dodgers... Lakers, I guess that's really it because we didn't have a football team. Well, and then you're um, a big 49ers fan. And then I'm fan. a big, I've always been a big Niners fan. Um, Which and, is kind of cool than being and, a like LA Rams fan. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm an LA Rams fan, yeah. Chargers fan, but my, my team is the Niners. The Niners for football. 100%. That's so cool. Um, but and you like Stanford. I, you know, I have been following them less and less, but yeah. of course, Stanford and UCLA will always hold a special place in my heart. So if you had to choose one team, one sport to watch for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Of Which team would you root for and be the only thing you could watch? If it was the only thing I could watch, see, that's so hard. If yeah, it's, it's, it's so it's, hard. If it's the playoffs, it's the Dodgers, even though they lose every year. So, so you would choose baseball playoffs over, like, the Lakers in the playoffs? 
I would. And I why would. would you choose base? Because I would choose the Yankees every time baseball. Why would you choose baseball? So I, I'm very slightly leaning towards the Dodgers. Okay. I mean, I've seen the Lakers win championships. I've seen the LA Kings win championships. Sure. No, I haven't seen the Niners win championships, but they've been to <laughs> enough. They've been to what? Yeah, they're also not your local. They're team not my as local much. team. Yeah. But the Dodgers have caused me so much freaking pain oh, over the as for as long snap, as I can the remember. Crying Snapchats. Oh my God, they always let me down. But you and, have Mookie Betts. And one of these years, maybe this is going to be the year. The next 13 years, you have one maybe, of the best players in baseball. Maybe, just maybe, I'm praying that finally, 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 they win that first World Series since 88. So, for that reason, it would be just the because there's been so much anticipation and so much letdown, watching them like lift the trophy is going to be that much more satisfying. So... For me, this is sort of one of the final points I wanted to ask you about was when Kobe Bryant died, it was one of the biggest trade, one of the biggest, it was one of those moments where it was like, where were you when you found out Kobe died? It Mm -hmm. was awful and just monumentous. And as an LA, I'm not as, I mean, I'm a New York sports fan, but mostly just a Yankee fan. I root for the Lakers, but I'm not, I don't have the same devotion towards LA sports and that hit me hard being Mm -hmm. from here yep as an LA sports fan like how what what were the what how did you feel growing up you know as well being an LA sports fan and growing up being an LA sports fan, Kobe is like part of the fabric of LA like he's like the he's the connector between everybody I feel like LA is such a divided place socioeconomically race-wise that White people live here, African-American people live here, Hispanic people live there. But the one thing that was such a common connector Kobe. was Kobe. Kobe was the GOAT. Um, yeah, so I found out uh, winter break, the day before classes started. Oh. I was in, I, I don't, actually don't remember exactly where I was, but mm-hmm. I saw it on the news. And I thought, no, uh, whatever, no way, it's just some yeah. big article, whatever. And then I kept getting texts and calls and more, like... Sources started, you know, talking about it. And I was like, oh, my God, this cannot be happening. Yeah. And I went into shock. And then I, that night, like, I literally cried. Really? Because I was so devastated. He was, like, my first idol. That's crazy. He's, yeah, like, your yeah. first real sports idol. Oh, yeah. Wow. That'd be, like, for me, I think it would be, like, Derek, Derek Jeter. Jeter. 100%. Like, Derek Jeter is the fabric of my playing sports and right. why I do it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah, that was that was devastating. And I mean, I'm not going to go into it, but it, sure. it hits like close to home, of course, as well. Um, well, I'm excited for the Yankee Dodgers World Yankee Series Dodgers World Series this year, and for us, hopefully, maybe we'll catch a game on the East Coast together if they're playing. Ooh, Who knows? Hopefully, we can go. No way we can go. But <laughs> that's also so annoying for me, listeners. That like I go to school on the East Coast, and there's been now two years where I haven't gone to a Yankee playoff game. It is mm. it is one of my big bucket list items. Oh, it but should be insane. Liam, thank you so much for coming on the pod today. Thank you, Maddie. We I know my guests out here listening who made it to this point. <laughs> I should say something really crazy, like booger. If you have listened at this point, text me what the secret hidden word was. Um, anyways, thank you for listening to another episode of Caller Maddie. I'm your host. Uh, thank you. Good night. And be safe. Good night. Wait. What? All right.